0: Hey everybody, Todd Mitchell here. Here is a Game Dev Breakdown bonus episode coming at you. Kitbash 3D, if you're not familiar, they provide high-end game assets to movie studios, TV studios, so you got film you got TV, you've got high-end AAA studios like Ubisoft and EA and you name it. They are the real deal and they are doing something special to make a push to connect with us, the uh, smaller and mid-sized teams, the indie developers, those of you listening. I think they're doing something cool. I'm in no way affiliated or compensated in any way. I just thought these guys were cool. They've got a cool background and I wanted to sort of put you guys in touch with them, so... Here I am talking with Banks Boutte and Max Berman of Kitbash 3D, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Here we go.
1: Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam, and you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by Codewriteplay.com. Woo-boom-shakalaka! My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a pack. Ghost alive in the cold world, My only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart, we we'll rampage the world for breakfast. The mat was my sanctuary, the
2: was my church. I thought I was Technology.
0: We did it. Sorry guys, that changed since the last mm-hmm. time I've had to do it.
2: Yeah, no no worries. It's uh it can always be tricky. We we spent a lot of time on Google Hangouts and uh anytime we jump onto Zoom or Skype we're entirely lost. So I totally yeah. understand <laughs>
0: Well, great. So uh, Banks and Max, awesome to talk to you guys. You are uh, co-founders of Kitbash 3D, and uh, this is a big day for you guys. What's going on?
2: Uh, this is a big day for us, Todd. Thank you for asking. We, um, we are launching, uh, well, we actually just launched this morning, our Kits 4.0 update, which has uh, a whole bunch of uh, bells and whistles improved to our traditional 3D users using Max and Maya and C4D and Blender. Um, and then also, we're very quickly to announce that we now support Unreal and Unity natively as well as Houdini.
0: That is so awesome. So what's happening here is you guys have sort of made a reputation for yourselves for providing high-end assets to large game studios, movie studios, uh, film, TV. And now it looks like you're finally making that push into the rest of the game dev community, right?
2: yeah that's that's exactly right. i you know both Max and I's background come from uh, the traditional uh, production route. Max was a visual effects artist. He worked on Iron Man at nineteen years old and painted the wall in Game of Thrones and art directed the opening titles of um, of Westworld. and my background has been in um, producing and directing um, making movies and commercials and, and a lot of uh, technology stuff um working with ad agencies and uh, some of the bigger tech companies. And so for us, when we started with Kitbash, it was um, the first step for us was, was helping out the studios and companies that we had worked with a lot before. And so that began in the movie business. Um, and now, as you say, right, we are, we are very, very excited to, to jump into the, the fully interactive space with Native Files now. Our products have been used in concept for, for big movies, um, for big video games as well, um, but now you'll actually be able to use them natively in-game without having to do any work you can just open them out of the box and the consumer will be able to, to have access to such high quality assets uh
0: researching you guys has been next to impossible not because there's not a lot of information but like my notes on max for example are uh, contributions to and i started listing like far cry 5 terminator dark fate destiny <laughs> and then my third bullet point is every major film and video game <laughs> so that,
2: that that is true pretty much of the last of the last twelve years if if it was on a big screen somewhere you uh max was involved in it you're gonna make me blush
0: <laughs> yeah and, and your website is uh just stunning to look through and and see all the uh, sample art and everything you guys have a a great background with this stuff very well connected uh your your previous clients before moving this direction included. You know Ubisoft and Marvel and Disney and it's just it's incredible. It just goes on and on. You've you've done so many great things. So it I, from what I can tell, it definitely shows in the the kits that you guys put together. So for people who are not familiar with what your product offering looks like, basically if you go to kitbash3d.com, the main thing is you're shopping through big lists of themed assets, and it's going to look more familiar than I think game developers would expect because. Uh, it's stuff that would look right at home in the asset store in the way that it's collected. So, I mean, themed collections, right?
3: Yeah, you know, that was one of the, the big things that we tried to do when we launched Kitbash. is uh, sometimes you're on an asset store and you might find one thing that you really like, but you can't find anything else like it. And so it's kind of hard to build out a full world. Um, so for us, we wanted cohesive styles and themes so that, Uh, you can pick up the dark fantasy kit and have everything you need for a dark fantasy world. Um, And then with that, also bringing a a level of production quality. Uh, We built a traditional studio pipeline uh, and we build everything in house. And so it's, there's no rolling the dice of what's this going to be. It's all going to have the same premium quality. Everything's going to have the same naming standards, the same type of textures and shaders. Uh, which allows you to uh, combine kits and swap things in and out. You can take two completely unrelated kits and bash them together.
0: Right. And uh, I, I was, I meant to ask you guys today if you would be integrating with the, like the unity asset store, for example, and then I've already seen that unity announced you guys are going to be in the asset store. Is that right?
3: That's correct. Yeah. This is uh, this is the first time we've ever, uh, sold kits anywhere outside of our website, but we've been working really closely with Unity, first and foremost, to make sure that we're creating Unity files the way a Unity user would expect. Um, So that was really the first challenge, is how do we create the best Unity asset? And part of that is working with the Unity team to say, how is your engine built, and how is it set up to work? and then let's reconfigure our kits to work in the most optimized, ideal way for the software that you guys are building. And then from there, moving more towards, okay, well, how do we make it as easy as possible for Unity users to get their hands on these things? And the integration between the Unity Asset Store and Unity Engine is so seamless that it, it was a no-brainer for us to say, okay, let's figure out how we can make it uh, a one-click import um, through the Unity Asset Store.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and more so than just uh, offering your stuff there, Unity actually posted a article earlier today. It looked to me like they had assembled like a small team, downloaded some of your stuff, and just as sort of a creative exercise, had this small team put together like a little demo. And, you know, you can, you can go and read this really compelling article, watch this video that they made that goes through this really just visually popping scene uh, and kind of see what they can put together with your kits. I thought that was really cool.
3: Yeah, that was, that was a great uh, test case for us. We were working back and forth with them on the technical side of how do we set up these kits in the best way. Uh, But then their demo team really was the final test, uh, taking these first couple converted kits and saying, what can you make with this? And they put together a, a beautiful world um, using a bunch of different kits. And uh, and then through that process, we got a lot of feedback and we're able to iterate on uh, the setup and the different preferences that people have when using these things. Um, and then with that as well, we've released a, a free sample kit using a lot of the pieces from that demo scene. So if you're a Unity user and, and you see that and you wanna give it a go uh, yourself, you can go on the Unity assets or, or on kit 3D and grab the Neo City sample kit to, to do that yourself.
0: Yeah, and I, I grabbed a copy of that this morning. I'm actually looking forward to uh, digging into that myself. I'm an Unre- uh, a Unity guy. I've got a little tiny background in Unreal, but uh, Unity all the way for me. And having more kits to choose from that are, like you said, cohesive, they fit well together, uh, they'll allow creation of pretty original stuff while maintaining a certain level of quality and detail that is going to be gigantic for a lot of small to mid-sized developers just the same way i'm sure the large studios appreciate that so i think that's going to be really compelling stuff and that's why i agreed to kind of jump on this and help cover this right away i think it's going to be a big deal
2: awesome todd thank you for for your coverage we really appreciate connecting with you
0: so uh how many uh, kits are part of this latest update that are going to be, you know, how you say, uh, game engine ready?
3: So we have tw- 28 kits that have been converted over. Um, but what that equates to is almost 6,000 models, uh, almost 600 materials. Um, so these kits are pretty jam-packed. Um, and a lot of this stuff, you know, we rebuilt a lot of these from the ground up to make sure that they worked perfectly in-game engines.
0: I was going to ask about that. I mean, how much work went into, you know, when you say game engine ready, I I expect a smooth import on my end. But I mean, how many different things did you actually have to do on your end to get ready for this?
3: It was a massive team effort. Um, I mean, you know, there's one thing about having a a model and bringing it into Unity. Um, When you're dealing with a library of this size, a lot of these little things that you don't really think about, you then have to automate. And, and program, and then there's a lot of things that you can't automate. Uh, a big example of that is uh, in order to bake your lighting down, we needed a second UV channel that was non-overlapping, mm-hmm. and that alone meant we had to re-UV 6,000 models. Um, so a lot of these things were, were, you know, seemed like a little thing, became a massive challenge that luckily our team um, was just ready to take that on and spent really the last year nonstop working on every kit to make sure it was up and running and up to the highest standards.
0: Yeah. So in sort of exploring what Kitbash 3D was all about, uh, I've noticed you guys do a ton of work on social media, particularly you've done a lot of work with Twitch, for example, on building out community for uh, other creative people. You guys both have creative backgrounds, and uh, it seems that that's a a big important thing to you because you're you know you're trying to serve that that professional community. Uh, how can game developers kind of look forward to that? Are they going to be part of the fun from here on out?
2: Oh, we certainly hope so. Um, you know, community shouldn't be more at the core of what we do. We we set out to enable and inspire artists to build the virtual frontier and for us um the idea of of entering into this space and connecting with the global artist community online and making bringing tools that can can help them build better worlds faster um, but then also finding the right ways to inspire them finding the right finding the the artists out there who are doing the types of things that the larger community wants to be involved in and then we bring them onto our shows and we we try to show Insider info on how to how to build worlds like the guys building your favorite movies and video games and so as we we step more into um, into real time, it's tremendously exciting because there's so many more people out there that we get to serve and we can help them um, create their worlds and build the the things out of their imagination so we're very excited we announced yesterday that um, we're partnered again with twitch um, and lightbox, which in the digital art community lightbox has been one of the top art festivals in the world. I say this a lot, that last year they had 250 artists at Lightbox who each were headlining their own festivals around the world for the rest of the year. Hmm. Um, And so to team up with them this year, as because of the pandemic, everything has gone virtual um, and we've done a ton of things virtually. We got in touch, uh, Bobby, Bobby from Lightbox and I got in touch and we started figuring out what were the types of things that we could do to make a really amazing experience for so many people who are at home Um, but still want to connect and feel part of a a larger event. So September 11, 12, and 13, we will be hosting our own stage called Game Day at Lightbox, featuring exclusive video game content.
0: Oh, perfect. Perfect. Because one of the things that excited me the most was looking into this and finding uh, your YouTube channel, actually, which is... um, Criminally underlooked right now, I think uh, people should definitely <laughs> check out some of the video videos you guys have moved over of the previous streams you've done on Twitch, the events you guys did during like Kit Bash Festival and stuff. I sat there and watched one of those videos with uh, Nick Hyatt, and mm. it was like a masterclass in you know how you might use uh not only some of these kits but different processes for uh you know painting over them and staging uh you know cinematography and inside 3D engines and stuff. It was an incredible thing to do. So I'm looking forward to watching more of those myself and I would definitely recommend people check those out if they're not familiar with you know if you need your imagination sort of kick started about what you might do with some of this stuff.
2: Well thank you Todd I'm I'm really really appreciative of the look and I'm very glad you enjoyed it. Nick is a a very fun one because he was not only the art director of Star Wars: The Force Awakens, but he also worked on Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. So he he can work in in both the fields. Um, And having guys like that onto our show has been really cool for us. You know, the main show happens live, and so we started on Twitch and we started with live streaming because live you can engage with the the audience, you can engage with the chat, and that's where we got to know and meet so many of the artists in the global community who when we did Duke go on our speaking tour last year through Europe, we got to meet face-to-face with hundreds of people that we've been engaging with for years via the chat. And so doing things, videos live for us has been the most fun way. And that the Kibesh 3D Festival that you mentioned um, in uh, November of 2018, uh, we actually had 5 million live viewers. And so we, we partnered with Twitch during the Bob Ross Festival um, and I'm glad you brought up Nick because <laughs> Nick uh, is is such a sport. Um, as we were doing that, we did a series with Nick where we dressed him up like Bob Ross because the <laughs> event is every November, the Bob Ross foundation celebrates um, Bob Ross's legacy and they do a whole month of streaming all of his stuff. And so we, as part of that festival um, we, we dressed Nick up as as Bob and he actually did the, the joy of 3d painting. Um, and if you haven't seen that, that YouTube series, uh, th- those videos are on our YouTube and also on our blog. Um, but Nick is a hysterical talent as Bob Ross.
0: Yeah. Getting Nick in front of the camera was probably just as important as having him behind it.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, he's a legend in his own time. <laughs> I
3: think that's, that's just a, a key thing too, is, you know, there's so many amazing people out there creating these beloved franchises Um, and you don't get to know them. And I think that's something that, that we hope to do more and more is be able to connect people to the art directors, to the concept artists, to the game developers, the environment designers, all of these people who uh, are making these things and get to know who they are as a personality. And they have so much experience and knowledge that they want to share with the larger community. Um, and so Twitch is a great opportunity, not just to create, um, great educational content, but also to give people a window with the chat to be able to ask their own questions and talk with these artists.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So, uh, obviously networking has been just huge for you guys, not only with, uh, users and, but just with, with other creators around who uh, can benefit from this stuff. Uh, man, I, I think if, game developers are able to join in on that, it's gonna be uh huge for them and you know, I could see some cross discipline team ups happening that way too, and that's gonna be exciting to sort of follow as well.
2: Certainly. It's 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 very common for for top level artists to work both on triple A video games as well as Blockbuster movies. And for us to to get to shine a spotlight on these artists as Max was, was saying is really important to us because we feel like there's so many amazing artists who are making, you know, the blueprints or the concepts or the, the effects that happen on screen. And we don't celebrate them as a society the same way that we celebrate some of the other members um, of the process of the production and for us to, to team up with these artists to really get to spread their message and to show more people that they too can build their own fantastic worlds, that they too can step in and, and be a video game creator or make special effects movies. And with the tools available to you today, it's never been a better time for you to dive in. And we say that you know, there's, there's so many people out there that know all about who the, the esports player is or who the streamer is or who the actor is, but so few people, and especially young people growing up, looking for what they want to do, who are so enthusiastic about, Movies and video games don't know that there's a wealth of opportunity outside of just being the star or the or the streamer that you can dive in and really get to express yourself creatively and be part of this this virtual frontier movement that is happening so so rampantly across the world
0: yeah, yeah, and uh this this game ready launch seems like it's been on people's probably on people's wish list for a while, right <laughs>
2: certainly on art. Uh, but yes, uh the the global community has been has been asking for this for, for a long time and it's it's taken us you know the better part of a year and we had a team of uh over fifty uh working on this with us to to make this thing a reality.
0: So you guys work with a pretty big team in-house on all this, needless to say.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah we, <laughs> we, we we have we have an unbelievable team. I wanna I want to throw a huge shout out to to a couple of the guys who've been running the team, Darren Butler. Um, is our, our head of product who is, has been with us um, for just such, for a short period of time. He came on in December. And what he's been able to do in such a short period of time in getting organized and, and getting, uh, getting the artists together and keeping people enthusiastic through um, through the tough times and then celebrating the victories with them, he's, uh, he's been an unbelievable teammate for us. Uh, we're incredibly happy to have him.
0: Very cool. And then we
2: had we had, we had Jeff Ranessing, um, who came in and, and really helped us from the, the pipeline architecture side, getting the making it making our internal proprietary tools so that we can we can scale. You know, because when we put out a singular kit, it has so many different file formats going so many different ways that just the the, the management of all of that, all the data management pipeline stuff, is is incredibly complicated. And Jeff has been able to to pull out some magic tricks that, that very few people, I think, out there are able to do in order to, to bring this thing to, to
0: fruition. Yeah, I didn't think about that. At, at this scale, you're probably practically in the engine business yourself at this point just to support what you're doing.
3: Definitely. I mean, the amount of proprietary tools we need in order to manage this is, is pretty crazy. But you know, just, just an idea of the scale of all of this, um, in order to get 4.0 launched, we had to upload 500 different files. You know, to multiple different platforms, um, and that in total is you know over 10 terabytes of data. Huh. Uh, so it's a it's a lot of moving parts, and just you know trying to figure out how do you get 10 terabytes uploaded to anything. You, we didn't realize Google Drive had a had a download limit. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. We found that one out. And we were like, oh, I I got banned from Google Drive because of uh, my uh, download bandwidth, and it was like, huh. Well, there's the thing. <laughs> uh,
0: as a uh, freelance Unity developer, I can confirm there is, you can easily get yourself in trouble with Google Drive. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but that's, and that's why we have a, a great team and why we, we go to the end of the earth to find the very best people who uh, not just are great at what they do, but uh, are really dedicated to putting their skills towards uh, enabling other artists to accomplish their goals
0: absolutely very cool so for game developers new to this community who are sort of looking around at first of all i think it's awesome that you guys are offering up kits on occasion that people can download play around with see if this you know fits their workflow uh in most cases i'm sure it does and then you guys do routine events where you'll say you know download this make something tag us and we'll show it around i mean uh are are you guys going to continue to do that to kind of get people acclimated
2: Oh yeah our, our the kb three d contest has been one of our favorite things where we do quarterly put out a a mini kit that we for that quarter make it free and challenge everyone who'd like to participate to build their world within the theme and It's unbelievable seeing what you can what you can do with you know somewhere between eight and twelve pieces and the amount of creativity we've seen we've had artists in one hundred and forty countries uh, participate creating thousands of pieces of art. Um, to to for each other, you know, and and in that that idea of of community, um, one of the things we did at the beginning of the pandemic was we we were talking about it. We had all these artists reaching out to us saying, "Hey, it's you know it's crazy. We're in, we're in lockdown. We can't we are we feel like we want to participate. Or we want to contribute, but it's 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 hard to know what to do." Yeah. And um, we took a quote from the Dalai Lama, who said, "Artists have the responsibility to give people hope." And we thought, what if what if we make our utopia kit free and, and then for any artist out there, who's willing to take it and make something inspiring for their community. Um, and we saw a tremendous outpour of, of artists answering that call and, and trying to make pieces of concept art or imagining worlds um, showing po- a positive light and giving people um, some semblance of hope or something to, to, to look into. I, I felt um, so connected to, the, the greater force of this, you know, because that's really our mission. Our mission is to have a massive positive impact on technology and digital media. And the way that we're doing that is we're trying to empower the people who are building the virtual frontier, the people who are building the experiences that the rest of the world will see. So it's not that we're trying to make one piece for the world to see. We're trying to help and, and provide tools and help bring more people into this space because, you know, to to get a little high level on this today it's movies and video games, but tomorrow we think it's the internet at large that will be 3D. And if we can help inspire and enable the people who will be creating the experiences there, then we have a really good opportunity to influence how we do this. And I think there's there's so many ways about this that we've gone um, as the internet's evolved. And it's a it's a thing that everyone contributes to. And if we can find ways to to use our ingenuity to bring positivity into that space and to help that foster that space into something um, that we all as people can be really proud of. That's, that's what we hope to do.
0: I think that's such a cool point you brought up because even a year ago, we, we kind of thought about the concept of virtual reality environments and the, the increasing move of technology in that direction as something that was a cool thought. And fun to read about in, you know, a Neil Stevenson book or, you know, watch Ready Player mm-hmm, One, mm-hmm. something like that. And we go, mm-hmm. man, what a neat idea. And now we're going like, how fast do you think we could do this to get kids back in school or, uh, you know, to get people collaborating right. at work again? And now there, it's there's almost a sense of urgency behind it. Like how well can we do this and how quickly? I mean, right?
3: Right. And we spend a lot of time thinking about, I mean, I think we're, Thanks, and I and, and our team is crazy enough to think that, that we might be able to speed this along. Um, but, you know, when we, when we really look at what does that take to get to that kind of Neil Stevenson type of world, to get to that Snow Crash or Ready Player One type of thing, uh, looking at the internet is a perfect example of when the internet first launched, no one knew who was going to fill up all of the content channels. Mm-hmm. And you know, they were pitching it as it's like a television with millions of channels, and people were saying, "Well, what network can possibly create enough stuff for millions of channels and and then user generated content really took over, and when everyone could create a website, the internet blossomed and I think when we look at what does that virtual universe really look like and, and how is that gonna how's that actually going to come to fruition and and we believe it's when anyone can create an interactive world and we can link them together, that's when we're going to see that happen. And then we break that down and say, okay, well, what's, the, what's stopping everyone from building these interactive worlds? And at first for us, we thought, well, having to model and UV and texture and create materials and, and all of that is taking up, you know, in a studio pipeline, 30 to 50% of the time and budget. So if we can cut that in half, then we're one step closer. And then if we can proliferate that to everyone and keep making pushes to make it so that anyone, uh, regardless of what experience you have, if you can get up and running and within a day, create a world and share it with a friend, then then we have taken a massive leap forward towards making that virtual universe an actual reality.
2: Well, and, and to add to that too, this is this is how Futurism works. You know, one day it's science fiction, and the next day it becomes a reality. And add a pandemic, and it's not hard to go take a look at any young person in this country and look at their screen time. You yeah. know, and I mean, we're we're dealing with you know something like 12 hours a day on average people are spending in front of a screen, which already is a virtual environment. And you know, there's there's no ethics argument here that that whether or not a, a virtual environment is better than in-real-world one. But the fact is that we are choosing convenience. People are, are choosing to spend their time looking at a phone instead of even going to a movie theater or even, even more going outside, which we used to be able to do. And now we're seeing left and right this groundswell of, of things changing. You brought up education, which I think is one of the most um, fascinating ones because the demand for how do we get kids engaged now now that now that we're we're not sure whether we're going to be able to enter schools this year is a really interesting one. I think um, Unreal has really pushed the ball forward in um, from both a grant side as well as an initiative side to inspiring teachers to to figure out how do we how do we embrace this thing that, you know, that the young people of this country of, you know, really of the world have overwhelmingly said is where they want to spend their time.
0: Right, absolutely. And uh, speaking of Unreal, they recognized you guys recently with uh, what was it—a grant?
2: Yeah, we were we were very uh, fortunate to receive a mega grant from Unreal um, as part of working on this project that we're doing. Um, and and yes, we've 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 done a lot of the things that we've talked about with Unity, and we're on the Unity Store. Um, but we've also partnered very closely with Unreal to make this. So they, along the way, were very helpful in us figuring out exactly how do we make as premium of an asset for their users as possible. And so mm-hmm. along with this release, we now are serving native files to Unreal um, through our store. And then on the Unreal asset store, there's a uh, if you search KitBash 3D, it'll give you a link directing you to us.
0: Have been very open minded about how they seem to give away those resources. Uh, they seem like they are very invested in just doing the thing that's best for everyone, and I really respect that. and like i said i'm I'm a fan of both companies, but that's something that Unreal has really impressed me with.
2: You know us too todd we have we have the utmost respect for Tim Sweeney and the the vision that they're trying to propel, and I think they see something that um, that is is very apparent to us as well that the amount of people, the, the amount of demand for 3D digital interactive content is exploding and the supply can't meet it currently. And so the amount of people who currently work in 3D compared to the amount of people who are going to be needed in order for us to meet that demand isn't anywhere close. So if you look around in the 3D space, it doesn't feel like competition. It feels like we're all in this together. We're all trying to push the boundaries of this new frontier and we're going to need even more people than currently exist. So, you know, me coming from the movie industry into the video game industry has been such an unbelievable shift of mentality where the movie industry has been around for so long. And it has so many um, deep seated institutions that have really high walls. And most of those, most movies lose money in really terrible ways. And then you look at video game companies and they are, they are experiencing an entire wave of attention that has swallowed up the rest of entertainment combined. And now you have this, this whole environment of people that, that are thriving in new ways and experimenting new things and, and exploding in all kinds of different directions. Um, and that, that sense of community and willingness to team up and collaborate and work with other people and find a single outcome where you can both derive different value out of, we've seen everywhere in a way that's been terrifically fun for us to engage in.
0: Totally. And and I agree. And uh, I, I noticed that Nick Hyatt also sort of uh, hit on this point while he was working on your stream as well. But we're, we're sort of having this shift. It used to be the big demand was anybody who could get into general uh, game development coding, working with, Then we moved to like just working with engines that were coming out. And now it does seem like we need as much new skill and talent as we can get in building with, you know, existing resources like that. And so, uh, I mean, it seems like that's kind of the new tool set, right?
3: Yeah. Especially when when we're talking about this big hobbyist movement or indie movement that's been happening where you're having teams of two or three people doing incredible projects. And a lot of them that are are rivaling the, the quality of AAA games. Um, you know, we have a, a good friend of ours, Vitaly Bulgarov, who is coming out with a game next week called Mortal Shell. It looks as close as I think you can possibly get to Dark Souls or a From Software quality game. And there's just a team of a couple people. Uh, and, and the idea that they're able to hit that bar and hit that level, um, but also it changes the skill set required. You, you kind of need to be a jack of all trades in that situation. Um, and it's just amazing that now an individual has all of the tools at their disposal and are able uh, to do that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's unbelievable how fast this has happened too. In just the last few years, if you watch the amount of games that are put out on an indie level, it's it's doubling and tripling each year because people have never before had the types of tools and the, the, the free softwares and the game engines and then and assets like ours where you can actually actualize your vision without spending you know, three months full time trying to, to texture one of your walls. And, and getting, into, uh, getting into this quickly and being able to iterate and seeing your, your vision come to life uh, has, has allowed people, I think, in so many different ways to do so much more um, with so much less.
0: And the other thing people at uh, the hobby level or the indie level usually benefit from, these are very sharp people who will pick up a new tool, a new engine, a new uh, software library, and in a short amount of time, they pick it up just because there's something they need to do and nothing's going to stop them from doing that. I think there's going to be a nice sort of uh, side effect that when they get to work with assets at this level, it will get the brain moving in, in ways of like, you know, hey, this, I see how this is being done now. Like, maybe I can get a little more competent on the art side as well. Now, some indies are fantastic mm-hmm. artists to begin with. But working with assets of that quality, I think, might entice people to, you know, like, hey, I could, I could sort of bone up on the art side too myself and, and really take my projects to the next level
2: yeah limited, limiting the, the the amount of friction that allows you to get to the the high level of of your vision i think is is one of the, the tough feedback loops of being a uh an artist at any level as you're trying to push your projects and these are the kinds of things that we try to highlight on our show that you'll you'll see on game day in uh september eleven twelve and thirteen um where you'll see artists in 50 minute sets we we do it we treat it kind of like a music festival where artists in such a short period of time, in 50 minutes, will take worlds all the way. And though you'll get to see their entire process of how, how quickly you can make something and how fast you can get an idea in your head or a sketch or a thumbnail into a fully immersive interactive environment.
3: I think the other thing with this is uh, so many, um, we've seen a lot in the indie world right now of things like, pixel art and low poly art and mm. super stylized. And, and those things can be beautiful. And they, they definitely hit a, uh, a certain tone and a mood. Um, but I think previously a lot of the Indies felt like they had to go that route uh, because they were, because of the amount of time it would have taken to try to do a style that was more realistic. Uh, mm. Hopefully with Kitbash coming to Unity and Unreal, uh, we can we can make that more approachable to say, hey, as an indie developer, you don't have to be intimidated or afraid to go after those more realistic styles. You have the same tools for that. Uh, and it might not be that big of a difference to go stylized or realistic. And, you know, I hope that in the indie world, we start to see a lot more of that that hyperrealism.
2: You know, that that actually was one thing I learned from, from you, Max, was, you know, Max and I were buddies least for 10 years before we started Kip Ash. And in the middle of the last decade, um, making indie side projects, you know, Max was a, a you know, photorealistic matte painter for, for the big movies. But on smaller projects, you taught me actually the, the importance or the ability of having an art style where if you... If you push an art style and be really specific about your stylistic choices, you don't have to have it um, be hyper photo real. And that a decade ago was what we saw thrive everywhere. And now you can you can take that and use the tools available to you today and push it far more towards the types of things you're seeing on the on the biggest stages in AAA games and movies um, from your own ability by taking your own art style and your own intuitiveness from um, by, by going and choosing a kit and finding the, the type of world that you want to build and then being able to change in the modularity of it, being able to change uh, the environment to, to fit your vision and your art style.
0: Nice. And this might be a stretch, but I know this won't be the last time you hear this question, so maybe you'll want to start being ready for it, if you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys start to approach indies and make yourselves available to smaller teams and stuff, is it possible you'll start branching out to do uh, 2D kits of any kind, whether they be, you know, obviously some of the, the bigger artworks and stuff aren't quite as flexible, but textures, things like that.
3: Well, we we do have a, a pretty massive texture library and material library already with KitBash. Um, so, you know, I think when it comes to 2D in that sense, um, I think that's something we'll continue to grow. When it comes to like 2D sprite type of things, um, I think we're we're pretty focused on 3D. Uh, I think 3D is the most uh, malleable as an artist to be able to move the camera and, and look at something from every angle. There's something really magical about that. And, and we wanna make that as easy and approachable for as many people as possible.
0: That makes sense, I think that's fair. <laughs> So uh, tell, me about, uh, tell me a little bit, bit about Sleep Type that you guys collaborated on, your uh, Switch game from 2018?
2: Yeah, it came out, uh, it was two years ago, about two weeks ago. Um, we, uh, that was the first project that we did um, when we started our company. We made um, a Nintendo game, which actually I believe was the first Unreal game to port to Switch. Oh. Uh, and uh, it was uh, we had a bunch of artists from um, Utopia and Wreck-It Ralph and Big Hero 6 help us build the world. Because the story of the of Sleep Tight is you play as a kid in your room building pillow forts and fighting monsters that come every night. And so it, it really felt like a, a Disney or Pixar uh, creation.
0: The, uh, the videos I've seen look fantastic. I'm, I was surprised that I hadn't looked into it uh prior to reading about it but it looks like a really fun game thanks
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah it was uh it was definitely a, a passion project a labor of love we we wanted to make our own game and and making sleep tight kind of introduced us to what the world of indie game development was and i think that banks and i fell in love with that world and and knew that we wanted to just be of service to that world. Um, and Kitbash kind of had a different origin, and and was was moving in the more cinematic concept art film world. Um, but I think it's really exciting for us now to kind of bring those two worlds together.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think making you find getting embedded into the the video game community is kind of what we were touching on earlier. Um, really opened our eyes to a whole bunch of of really enthusiastic, passionate, hardworking people globally. Um, that that needed assets that needed you know 30 to 50% of their time cut out so they could actualize their vision and we love making our own projects and it's something that we will continue to do um but kitbash as a as a, a tool and a mechanism to enable and inspire everyone else to make their visions come to life um has become such a passion for us that it's springboarded off of um being our own indie game dev it's, it's fun. We, it's fun to talk about. We haven't, we haven't talked about sleep tight in a while. It's nice. (laughs) Yeah, It
0: it looks cool. I'd like to check it out. I saw it rumored somewhere and I forget where I saw this, that sleep tight might possibly move to the big screen. Is that right?
2: (laughs) Um, that is a rumor with some validity to it, Todd. Um, We're not, uh, we're not allowed to talk too much about it, but, um, uh, there's a fantastic team uh, working with us on it, and hopefully we'll be able to to talk about to talk about that more
3: uh, early next year.
0: I'll I'll take that. So, I want to know where you heard the rumor.
3: Yeah, where do that. Yeah, where, where
0: <laughs> Here's what I think it was. I think it was on one of your profiles on ArtStation. So you may want to go take that down or. <laughs> It was, <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was something like that. It was a profile that I thought one of you guys were in control of, so I thought it'd be okay to bring. Oh, up. Oh, y- you you know what? There there have been
2: um, bios put out where where that's been phrased. So actually, in 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 that bio that you're referencing too, probably it says that we're teamed up with the Planet of the Apes producers. Um, so that that much I think we're we're allowed to say.
3: Okay. Yeah, but that's the worst. When you uh, when you find out <laughs> there's some mole, and then quickly after find out that you're the mole. You're the mole. Here we are. <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> it, it's always fun uh, having NDAs and uh, trying to remember what's under them and what's not.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean we we are we are very specifically fenced off on on specific things, but nothing we've just said is is part of that. We do we do value um, surprise and stuff, and I think. Uh, that bio came from some of us doing uh, some live event speeches and uh, um, wanting to share some fun things with the audience. Um, but, but that's, that's not secret or NDA we're, we're, we're very specific about, about those things.
0: I love that. So you, you kind of, it just uh, glanced over the screen time issue earlier and uh, it was, it's funny cause that, that struck a chord with me because I started looking at my screen time reports on my phone and oh, I've yeah. actually, I've moved one <laughs> level beyond that. I recently bought some new uh, gunners with light blocking the uh, reading glasses and I'm wearing them all day long. I'm not taking them off anymore. Uh-huh. So that's uh-huh. where I'm, that's where I'm at in the pandemic. <laughs> and I'm, I'm wondering how you guys are doing <laughs> with that. Cause you've clearly accomplished a great deal here while we've sort of been on lockdown and things have been very difficult. How's that going?
2: Well, you're, you're certainly not alone in the in the screen time spike. I haven't talked to anyone who who doesn't echo that same sentiment. Um, you know, for for us, we are a digital company. You know, we have before the pandemic, um, we had an office in LA where um, the core team would work every day, um, but a lot of a lot of our teammates are around the world, and so for us, video chat and spe- a ton of our partnerships, you know, we we video chat with because of the the convenience. And, um, you know, now, nowadays we're probably video chatting, uh, a a lot, probably eight to 10 hours a day. I find myself talking to my screen. Um, and, and actually to to that point, I've, I've started leaning into getting back on just an old fashioned phone call, um, because it's nice to not, not look at a screen for the entire time. Uh, if you can put in headphones and walk around, um, but for us, the, the pandemic, um, you know, certainly not to denigrate the, the massive amount of global strife this has brought on, um, but for, for us as a team, it really helped us um, in some ways to get hyper-focused because it, it eliminated a lot of distractions and it gave us the, the opportunity to, um, to sink in um, and push forward together. And as a team, you know, culture, for, for as a company, community is very important. And then as an internal team, our company culture and our, our the way that we work together is at the core of why we're doing this. You know, we want to um, create a, uh, an extraordinary experience for each other. And everyone on the team carries that mentality where we're all trying to enrich the lives of everyone else. So we make a, we make a big point of getting on full team video chats. Um, and just spending time talking, you know, we go, we, we have a thing we call fuzzy Friday, our parent company is, we are fuzzy and we go around, we go around the, the table and, and each person has the floor for however long they want it to talk about their successes as well as their, their opportunities for learning and, uh, throughout the week. And we, we talk about really anything we want. And it's been a, a, a great way for us to keep our culture alive. That's something we've been doing back since we were in my garage And um, and it's something that we we did in the office and now now we do it online. And it's 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 been one of my truly favorite parts of the week is to to get to spend the end of our our work week together. um, Friends, because at the at the core of what we do, you know, Max and I were friends for a very long time before we did this. And and we just decided, you know, we're making all kinds of projects on the side while also working on these big projects. And we we just decided, you know, we're we're better together when we find that we have common shared values and ethos and mission and the way we see the world changing and how we want to play part in it, that when you find like people, one plus one equals three, where your combined efforts are far greater than anything either of you could do as individuals. And if we take that mentality and spread it further around um, everyone on our fuzzy team, as we call it, brings that and everyone is looking to, to say, what more can I do? And I, I you know, I can't, I, my, am smiling right now thinking about how many times over the last year, this project in particular got really hard and you'd think, you know, you're, you, I I'd get on the phone with someone to, to make sure they were all right. And, and, you know, th- their, their first response is, is what more can I do? And I think yeah. that, that kind of ideal of where everyone feels like like we all share the same dream of seeing this thing happen together and that we want to pour as much as we can into it um, in this, in this time of, of, of real global uncertainty and unrest and pain um, for our little, little team. I'm really immensely proud and honored and, and grateful to each of each of the, the team members that, that we built this thing together this way. And it's, you know, it's been such a source of um, stability and opportunity for all of us to, Um, express ourselves and find deep fulfillment while also calling it work.
0: Extremely cool. And it's uh, very encouraging to hear uh, that a company is sort of making it work this way because, you know, I I started as a uh, remote freelancer several years ago, so a lot of us in that position feel like we had sort of a head start on, you know, getting the work process down and we were kind of more ready for this. I don't think anyone doesn't feel like this really sort of you know, kick their ass a little bit, but at the same time, a studio nearby here in St. Louis that I've partnered with several times over the uh, the r- most recent years, their their head called me and said, you know, hey, do, we've got more people wanting to work with us remotely than ever before, just because that's sort of how we have to do it now. And you know, can you can you come in and work on some things with us? And a lot of these studios are kind of thriving now, and I. I think that as we sort of do come out of the pandemic and return to whatever the new normal is, I think there might be more opportunities for uh, developers, artists, people who are able to get some good-looking things in their portfolio right now, uh, you know, work with some, some great assets and show, hey, I was able to make this interactive experience here. Here's something I can do. So, I mean, I think that's going to be maybe a big thing moving forward, don't you?
3: Yeah, I think I there's a a bunch of new things that are kind of coming up right now. And, um, you know, if you want to work for a great studio, uh, or, um, let's say it's a, a studio that's making your favorite franchise. It's kind of hard to go back from the idea that people can work from home effectively. Like yeah. We know this now. And so if your location didn't match up with your dream job, that's no longer an issue. Um, and maybe it's something where you want to work for Ubisoft, Montreal, but you live in Arizona. That's now a possibility. Um, and then on the other side of it, this is a really great opportunity to uh, work on your own stuff. Um, and And never before has there been so much hunger for content. and if if you always wanted to go and make that short film or that video game, this is a wonderful opportunity to do it when so many people are so open and receptive to having something that can distract them from all the other things that are happening in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I, that couldn't be deeper
2: at at our core value system. We we talk a lot about the idea of creating without permission and having come from enormous projects, you know, where you have sometimes a thousand people working on the same thing. Um, it's very easy to... to become a cog in that machine, but we can't stress enough the importance of minimum viable products. The idea of, of don't wait. If you have an idea, if you have something that you want to make, it is well within your ability, well within your reach, well within the tools, very close by, especially in a digital environment that you can make that thing come to life, or at least a version of it. And once you have a version, if you want, um, you can attract partners and you can, you can start to build your team. Um, And you can, you can find more people who agree and see the same thing and understand your vision better. We, um, making our cinematic for this, uh, for this release, I I don't know, Todd, if you've gotten to see it, if you haven't, I'll I'll be sure to send it to you. Um, but we, we, we made a cinematic and we, we, what we first did, we, after writing the script, you know, our first minimum viable product, um, we, just broke out software and started playing with the kits, and we actually were doing it over video chat. You know, Max was screen sharing with me as as we walked through a block out in Maya, and we started building the individual worlds. Even though the the, the later versions of them were going to be in completely different softwares, but having the the visual language of it and the camera moves, or, and even if it was just you a know, mouse clicking through the scene to, to show what the camera would eventually look like, being able to iterate that fast on our own from a, from a directorial standpoint made it infinitely easier and faster for us to communicate to you know, the team of eventually 20 artists who came on and helped us achieve that look. But we not only were able to pass them a script and some mood boards, but we were able to show them, here's a blockout with cameras moving around of exactly what we're talking about. And, and not only were we able to communicate that to, to other people, but we were able to communicate it to each other and to ourselves as we were able to, to take a look and realize, you know what, that's actually not going to work. We're going to need to find a different place to put that camera. We're going to need to have a different move in order for this to, to work. And then we could in real time with each other over video chat, you know, thousands of, you know, I'm, I'm a thousand miles away right now. Um, we're able to communicate um, and see the actual piece come to life um, long before um, any, anyone else's time was required for it. And I think that kind of ideal, if you're trying to um, get out there and, and your dream is to make a studio, you know, make, get a job at a studio or your dream is to make your own project, um, first you got to figure out what North Star you're heading towards and then you have to take the first steps. And I think so often we are predisposed to wait. We are so consciously saying when... Netflix buys my movie or when, um, Xbox comes in and, and says, you know what, we want you to be our first party, uh, blockbuster here. And then I'll start making my game. And for anyone who did it, that's not how it happens. It happened with many, many steps along the way of small projects that they put their heart and soul into for a month or a year or five. And then the next one, and then they, they push forward and learn because with each one of these things, the point in a lot of ways and this can very easily be misunderstood, but I believe the point is to push yourself to failure. It doesn't mean to try to fail, it means to push yourself so hard that you are failing. And from those failures where you learn and then build yourself a stairway of failure that, that at the top is success. And I feel like our generation is so constantly looking to say, I wish, I would like to have done it, not do it. I would, I would like to be on the top of those stairs not walk up the stairs. And I think if you can instead switch your mind over um, and stop being so influenced by a lot of finished products, social media and things like that, that we see, then you can take the first step and you can get your minimum viable product. And then you can get the next step and you can then get more people behind it. Um, if that's what it requires for financing, if that's what it requires too, because sometimes you need it. Um, and then slowly you can, you can uh, or actually today much, much faster than ever before. Can you achieve your dreams and figure out what that is? If it is, building your portfolio and working at a studio that is well within your grasp or if it is making your game or your movie that is well within everyone's grasp today if they it that.
0: I, uh, I can't agree enough with that because I am a big believer in getting out of your comfort zone, taking yourself to the finish line, whatever that looks like. So you can sort of work work out those muscles and get reps along the way because so many people will say i would love to make a game like the following and during that asset phase while we're trying to learn blender or trying to master texturing uv modeling things like this we we sort of get frustrated there are things that are maybe a little bit outside our comfort zone and that's where people will give it up it's the same as like if you Uh wanted to open a restaurant and you said i can't do it because i don't have funding what if you did have funding? What would you do next? Let's put our brain in that uh-huh. phase for a while. So if you if you can give people some assets to work with, you know, make things accessible to folks who, who didn't have it before, okay, now what? Now what do we do in the engine? Now what do we work on next? And you can be building new muscles. You get away from something that was previously frustrating to you. And you do take maybe a small vertical slice to the finish line and see a little demo that you created. Uh, I, I don't think there's any way to move past something that you've decided you just can't get done uh, unless you are willing to work around it occasionally. And this is a pretty excellent way to do that, I think.
2: I forget who said it, but it's the, the crucial difference between those who succeed and those who don't is not talent, but rather those who don't give up absolutely i think that's that kind of grittiness as opposed to innate gifts because we all know that that grittiness over time um your hard work over time will beat innate gifts um if the innate gifts don't put in their their hard work too i think if we can if we can remind ourselves of that i have to remind myself of that frequently that it's 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 about the work it's about the process it's about going there and doing it and along the way you'll achieve all sorts of dreams. But it's not about just checking the box. It's about all the things that went into checking the box.
0: Uh, real quickly, you guys had mentioned education. Do you have any good examples of like how your products have been used in the educational space? We've
3: provided kits to schools all over and, and students all over. Um, that's something that we're really looking forward to figuring out how we can do even more, especially as we enter the video game space. Uh, There's so many amazing schools that are now, you know, teaching and have an entire curriculum around game development at the forefront. And uh, I think this is one of the things that we're most excited about entering this space is how do we get involved on the educational side and, and how do we make it easier for those who are for the first time opening up Unity or Unreal? And how do we make it so that rather than having to go an entire week or two before they get something that they're really proud of and want to share how do we bring that amount of time down to a day? And so I think, you know, a lot of the times you can look at kitbash and say, oh, it's it's a bunch of assets. But for us, what, what, the way we keep thinking about it is, let's find all the barriers and all the things that are stopping people. And how do we remove those? Whether that's models or materials or if that's lighting or pre-built scenes or tutorials or inspirational videos, just whatever it is uh and and we're trying to tackle all of those different
1: things
2: awesome yeah i'm touching on what we a bit of what we we said earlier and how there are the amount of amount of people required to to build all the things to meet the demand of the future in this space there, there isn't enough people yet who know how and so teaching those people and getting people um uh, Equipped to be able to build their own worlds is is a crucial part of this next step, and I think you know, we we are very passionate about helping as many schools as we can um, in in different ways. We're looking at how do we do a uh, a, a global school contest um, and getting teachers involved where they could they could mentor a group of students to to actualize a project. Um, we're looking at, we're looking at those sorts of things. And then there's, there's so many different applications for it. You know, there's, there's using the tools to teach other people how to use the tools. And then there's, there's education as it, as it will exist in 3d space. You know, there's, it's a, a very important thing. And I think we couldn't value, um, the free exchange of information and, and, and helping anyone who wishes to, to get educated, um, is probably one of the best things any of us could be doing for our society.
0: Very cool, great answer. And uh, so, for beyond going to Kitbash three D and checking out some of the uh, assets available to new users, uh, how can people get sort of plugged in with the Kitbash community right now?
2: On our socials, we we're quite active on most of the social platforms. Um, for sure, if you if you've never heard of us, um, go pick up the the sample kit now, and that'll put you. Um, that'll have, that'll give you the ability to get in touch with us, um, via email. Um, and then if, if, does this show, Todd, does it, will this go live before September 11th? Yes. Yep. Okay. So yeah, if, if, uh, if you're hearing this, check out game day on September 11th, 12th and 13th. Um, that's on kitbash3d.com slash live. Um, and there we will have top artists from, from all your favorite movies and video games, and we'll be, we'll be introducing a lot of the video game space to not only the kits but also the community and how um, many different ways that you can get engaged and we'll be kicking off a new contest there um, and there's, there's going to be a whole bunch of fun exciting surprises um, as we, we venture into this, this new this new terrain for us of, of 4.0 and get into um, serve so many of the Unreal and Unity Uh, video game creators out there. It's a a truly, truly huge milestone for us in a very exciting time. We can't wait to engage with this community even more and and, um, bring a whole bunch of things that I think are going to get a lot of people excited about what
0: they do. Awesome. Well, uh, we will absolutely be checking out what you guys are offering right now and totally looking forward to game day. And I'll be going back through some more of the streams you guys did. I can't tell you how much I learned in what a short time. It was very entertaining too.
2: Awesome. Awesome. So, so happy to hear that. You know, that is, that is our goal with those things is, is to, to entertain you and to inspire you and to make you, to make you, uh, take a look at the world around you and the world, uh, that you partake in, be work worker in your hobbies, um, and, uh, and find ways that you can, you can be more part of it. And I think that's in this digital world as we're separated by screens, it is our mission as a, as a people to, to find ways to, to still have community and still have connections and still be able to, uh, find a place that, that, feels like, like you, you know, in a place that you can, uh, you can interact and, and be part of something greater than yourself. And it's, um, it is our, our great joy to to be playing the the small part in 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 moving with that movement together.
0: Very cool. Well, Banks Boutet and Matt Max Berman, thank you again for calling in. Thanks for your time, and uh, we will look forward to checking in with you guys again soon.
2: Thank you, Paul. Yeah, likewise, Todd. Thank you for your time. Congratulations on your game dev breakdown, whatever that is.
3: Sounds idiotic to me.